Folks at home, folks at home, welcome back to Ike Live. This is a very special mega show right on the heels of the Ike Foundation event tomorrow, August 6th, Camden Waterfront. Uh, man, the stars keep packing in here, Pete. <laughs> It's incredible. It, it, re- it really is cool. See all the boats and the trucks out there, yeah. and then uh, everybody's here at the house. It's pretty cool. Very, very humbling to know all these guys have come here to support kids fishing. It's it's pretty incredible. And, and to support your cause. You know, a lot of people are here that, you know, it's your cause. It's great for the kids, but they're, they're here to support you and what you're doing. They think it's a great thing. I think that's a great thing. It's amazing. Uh, real quick, uh, we normally do it in the beginning of the show. Uh, we want to send a special thank you to all our military, active, and veterans, men and women. Thank you guys for what you do. Uh, uh, policemen, firemen, EMT, thank you guys. It's a crazy world. Uh, also, a shout-out to the special ops survivors, and they're at the FLW event this week, Booth 57. If you're at the FLW tournament, go by and say hi to those guys. They're the best. And once again, shout out to Mark Zona. We're watching, uh, if you're watching, Mark, uh, we're thinking about you. Uh, I want to introduce my next two guests. And uh, I can, Pete, listen to me. Get off your phone. <laughs> I can easily say that these next two guys on the couch are the hottest, youngest, two of the hottest, youngest stars. In the sport of bass fishing today, would you agree with that? Looking, or no, 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 no. The, two of the oh. young, yes, the youngest, hottest. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about. I, I mean, performance-wise. Kind of, oh, th- kind of thought yeah, that's what you um, were saying. Yeah, youngest, I, hottest anglers on the planet right I, now. Well, there's, there's no question. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, man, I, 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 I've had both these guys on Ike Live before. But to have him on the couch uh, is incredible, and let me go ahead and just introduce him to my left. You know him, Carl Jockinson. Carl. Thank you. Thank you for coming in tonight. And next to Carl, the prodigy, Brandon Polinick in the house. Guys, thank you for being here. Dude, I like you in studio way more than that stupid Skype thing. Oh, it's way better. You this should is, just, you should just fly us in every time. This is great, and <laughs> you're a lot louder than Jay Brainerd. We could hear you, which is good. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time Jay was talking, Brian's in the back like, "Get the fucker to talk. <laughs> <laughs> speak up." Uh, guys, thank you for being here. Uh, I, I want to start right with this. This is a tournament about getting kids involved in fishing. Kids follow you two guys. More than anybody out there on the trail, because you're young, you've got youth to you. Carl, how did you get started in the fishing? How did how, when you were a kid, what made you fall in love with the sport? Because there's a lot of kids out there you're going to meet a lot tomorrow that have never fished before. Yeah. When? How did you start? And when did you start? Uh, pretty much started just my dad and my grandfather took me fishing, kind of like um, just you know how everyone gets started, just a relative or something took me fishing, but. You know, my cousins and everyone kind of did it, but there was something about it that it was just different, you know. Like, when I got that first bite, I think I was about four years old, I caught what we call a flathead off the beach. And everyone would be playing games on the beach, doing, you know, all sorts of different fun activities, and I could just stand on the beach with a fishing rod for three, four hours, and my family would be like, what are you you doing? And it was something just intrigued me about the sport. It was just so different, and from about four years old, I was just addicted to it, and I never, ever lost that because every single fishing trip, something different happens, and there's something different about it, but as far as the kids' side goes is 
I knew what it was like when I think I was about 12 or 13 and I knew I wanted to be something to do in fishing and I remember seeing a guy um, that was that wrote articles in a magazine and it was like I saw a superstar and my, I, I, I seen him there and my mum was like introduced to himself and I was nervous when I when I saw him and yeah. he was really good towards me and I had other guys that kind of had shunned me off that I had looked up to that wrote articles and and was on tv and when i just from being in that experience as a kid and knowing what it's like to see someone on tv that you that that you want to be or you want to look up to i know what it's like so for me to be able to give back and see kids like seeing what i've done and being like we want to do that i just want to give back as much as i can to those kids because i know what it's like i was I was in that position not not many years ago. Yeah, that's awesome, Brandon. I you you've told your story before mm-hmm. on how you got started, but I want to ask you this: Why fishing? Right? Like you're you know t- take yourself back. You're in your early teens. You know you're 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. So many other sports. There's snowboarding, which I know you do. There's skiing. Yep. There's skateboarding. There's basketball. There's all these sports. Why fishing? What drew you to fishing as a kid? Uh. It's ever-changing ability. Uh, I do not do well with monotony. Anything that is monotonous... If it's static, you hate it. ...drives me nuts. (laughs) If it is just the same thing day in and day out, it drives me nuts. I can never work a nine-to-five. Yeah. Um, And I think that's what I love. I mean, we go to the same lakes, the same exact weeks, you know, maybe the very next year, completely different fishery. Yeah. Um, And to me, that is one thing that is so cool and it it doesn't matter where it's at if it's back here in your pond off your little tiny dock yeah or if it's out in the middle of the you know great lakes in ontario or something that strike it's like that that half second when you get a bite when it when you realize you have a bite and you it registers in your brain that you need to set the hook (laughs) yeah that split second right there is what I live for. Yeah. That, that's the best moment yeah. in bass fishing. It's the moment. It's, it's a great way to describe it. It's before it. anything happens. Yeah. Right. It's that, that small amount of time where it takes your brain either visually or whether you feel it, where it takes your nerves to trigger your brain that you have a bite. Yep. The hair on the back of your head yeah. stands up. You don't know if he's 12 inches yeah. or 12 pounds. The unknown. Yeah. The yeah. Unknown and it, you, but you know something's about to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That millisecond, yeah. that's what I live for. And, and yeah. you can't get that. In anything else, because almost everything else, you know what's about to happen, or you can see it coming. Yeah. Um, you know whether it's in sports or you know a lot of other things. Yeah. Um, you know when I was snowboarding, I wanted to snowboard for a living before fishing. I could see the rail or I could see the kicker coming, and yeah. I knew what I was going to do before I hit it. You have no idea in fishing. Yeah, it's the unknown. Uh huh. That's that's pretty cool. I want to switch gears, and both of you guys have a similarity. <laughs> Which is, uh, I guess, I, I'm trying to think of a best way to say it. You're not, you're not silver spoon anglers. You're not silver spoon kids. Yes. Uh, both of you guys have worked really hard to get to where you're at. Carl, everybody knows your story. It's disgusting how hard you work. <laughs> yeah. The- I mean, disgusting is a good word, dude. Yeah. Dude, I mean, it's amazing. No, nobody gave this to you. Brandon, you're the same way. Yeah. You've, you've come from very humble beginnings through the Federation, a lot like I did. Yep. Uh, t- I want you both to talk about that a little bit. What 
what drives you to keep going? You know, if if people are watching, you know, they're saying, "Oh man, them guys are them guys are making a million dollars through sponsorships. Their daddy's rich." You guys ha- didn't have that. To talk a little bit about what what drives you to 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 keep working to be successful. That 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 success factor, I think, is a um, is a big part of it. But there was in fishing, you know, f- over my life, I think I just I set a lot of goals, and I was like, when in Australia, I said. I want to fish as a pro. That was my. I want to fish a tournament, and yeah. and I did that. I was like, that's cool. I want. And then I was like, I want to fish as a boater. Like I want to fish as a pro. That's what. I, that's my dream. That's all I want to do. And then I'd get there. And when I'd get there, I'm like, man, I did it. I'm fishing as a pro. Well, I want to win. I want to win at one of these events now. This is in Australia, you know. And so, like, they were like little set goals. But what I've realised and and what I'm learning later in life is like, they never end for me. Like. It doesn't matter if I won the classic; I'd probably want to win it again. Or yeah. you know, like you, you always have a continual goal. And the only difference I think between me and anyone else that is trying or hasn't made it is that you know you're saying it's it's just never giving up. And if you just continue to push forward, you will pass everyone. Like it doesn't matter how fast someone goes; they can be the best fisherman or the best at something quick and get there and make a big splash, but it, I'll just keep plodding along. I'll just keep moving forward and moving yeah. forward and, um, and and getting to those goals. And when I set a goal and I put my mind to it and that's what I want to get, you, you, you eventually get there as long as you don't give up halfway between because there's just so many walls that, like, yeah. I've just, I, it's my story, I want to get out to so many people because if they saw where I'd come from, to where I'm, like, sitting on this couch here right now is, like, for me, I talked about it with Kayla when, we were driving up the road. I said I was about 16. I think you had a show you were trying to get going where you were gonna you were gonna teach a you were gonna bring a kid up to to, to be a tournament angler. Yeah. It was a lot. lot it, was I, called, it was a show called King of the Cast. Yeah, that happened. was it. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, it never got going. But yeah. I sent a video in from Australia when I was like 16 to wow. like from Australia, <laughs> and your producer that was doing it got back to us said we love the video and all that. And then I'm driving up about to go to your house like fishing the elites like from back then you know when you look through it i'm like it's crazy when you just when you want something and you don't let anyone talk you out of it a a lot a lot of my stuff has come from people telling me that it can't be done so and and now my all my drive comes from people that tell me i can like so my family my friends the supporters the fans i build strength from that now because i've gotten past that but but my initial one was people saying, man, you can't do that. It's yeah. too hard. It's too hard. And I would prove them wrong. And that would give me that five, like, I can do it. And I would do whatever it takes yeah. to get there. And um, it's just, you just build confidence. and But it's a very slow progress and it takes a long time. So yeah. It's, um, it, it, Brand, is it easier for someone that comes into it with, with money? I'm not going to, I won't point, pinpoint anybody on tour, but there's some of these younger anglers yes. that come. I'm, I'm not, just saying. I'm not naming anybody. Some of these young <laughs> yeah. anglers that have tons of money, no matter what happens, they've got bankroll from their dad or from a trust fund or something. Is it easier for those guys or is it easier for guys like you that have had to work up with 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 not without that big kitty behind you? Uh, it depends on what you mean by easier. Uh, I think in the long run, you are better off not having the money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you are wired the right way. Right. Um, because I think you come into it 
knowing that you have no option other than to catch bass. Yeah. You have no it's option. It's all or nothing. Yeah. You yeah. have no option. And you have most likely – I'm not going to say that you have worked harder yeah. because I don't know everyone else's story. Um, but I feel like your drive to succeed may be stronger because you've had to do it your whole life. Yeah. Right. You had you're like the dog in the back alley fighting for scraps. Yeah. You know? yeah. And so um, I think there's a different there's a mental difference when and then it may even out later down the road. But I think year one, year two, the guy that has less money is more hungry to win than the guy that has the money. He's yeah. he's it's hard to find the hunger when you have that that strong backing it's hard yeah it's hard it's hard to find that passion and drive that you need to yep. be successful in, in, uh, in saying that though now when i talk to kids or talk if i was going to say to someone you might agree that is is coming up in fishing the first thing i would say is try and have some money first or make your money but that's what i say now like <laughs> mm-hmm. i'm like do not try and do Don't what we're do trying to way. do yeah. and make money like if you can set yourself up first but like the homegrown roots of something like Brandon and I's story is definitely has that dog fight sort of hunger to it, yeah. which makes it a little bit a lot of difference. Now, now Brandon, now that you're making a several million dollars a year, <laughs> do you miss sleeping in that uh, damn truck? Do you miss not, that damn truck? We we're just talking about me sleeping in it tonight in the back of your yard. Wow! <laughs> it's the, still it's still got a bed in there. Tons yeah. of sweets is still alive. So listen, everybody watching tonight, the plan is we're gonna get Brandon really drunk. <laughs> And he can't drive to the hotel. He's going to sleep in his truck tonight before the Delaware uh, turn. Pete, is that sabotage? I, We're taking your competition I, out here by I, trying to get him drunk. I'll take that. You will take that. You know, I uh, I don't know. It it's kind of goes back to that same thing of is it easier when you have the money starting out or not having it. When I slept in my truck like the whole first year, I had nothing to focus on other than fishing yeah i was stuck in the moment um and now you can get off you can go back somewhere comfortable i didn't have that option like i was going to launch the boat at daylight because i was sick of being stuck in the back of the truck and i was going to get off at dark 30 Mm -hmm. because i didn't want to go sit in the truck anymore you know and then so i think that there's certain elements to it from a mental standpoint that you can't beat that like yeah you know, you're just – you're forced into yeah. a position that makes you better. I, I, I'd agree and i disagree. I, th- I think I'm a little jaded because I'm getting older in my old age. But, dude, I do not miss sleeping in my truck whatsoever. <laughs> I do not miss the $29.99 ho- dollar hotel room. Right. Okay. Now, there's a big difference between sleeping in the truck <laughs> and those hotels. Because do you have a story for us from a twenty nine ninety nine a night hotel the, room? This is the year before I qualified for the elite. So me and my buddy decide that uh, my buddy Mark Diaz, we say, okay, we're going to go fish for two months and travel. And this is what started my elite career is this two-month stretch. And uh, I worked for like four months straight, took three or four days off in this three or four month stretch saved up all the money i had i qualified for nationals in the tbf at the time and it was on watts bar in tennessee so we said okay we're going to plan we're going to go fish the flw tours co-anglers we're going to fish the first and second event and all fish nationals and the third event was in conjunction with nationals so he was going to fish the third one as a co-angler and then we'll go home great when we get out there pay our entry fee for the first one he catches one bass i blank 
So there goes a bunch of our money in the first <laughs> event. The next one we show up to, I start practicing for the Feder- or for the Federation Championship. And about two days into it, we're on the interstate, and we get rear-ended by a lady. Breaks my Yamaha off the motor mounts. It's just hanging there by the cables on the interstate. And I have like 2500 bucks in my bank account at this point. So that pretty much wiped me clean. We picked that boat up. That was the end of my practice there. Picked the boat up, drove to North Carolina the next day where I practiced for three days, fished the event as a co-angler, and won $20,000. Wow. And uh, <laughs> But before I won that $20,000 while we were sitting there waiting for my boat to get fixed because we had nothing to do, and it was me and him sleeping in the back of a pickup. Yeah. And he's about 6'6". Six, six. And, I mean, I'm pretty big, but not that big, you know. And uh, so our option was a $29.99 hotel called the Budget Motel. Budget Motel. (laughs) Which I'm pretty sure. Where did they get that name from? (laughs) Yeah, there was, uh, I believe, three different crack houses going out of the same hotel complex. Um, The shower was about right here on me. And I'm about 5'8". Oh, my God. So when you stepped in the shower, the shower head was right here. And I couldn't even stand up in it. Um, You know, I've been fortunate not to get bed bugs or anything yet. Yeah. But that that place was sketchy. Yeah. I've I've got – I know we've all got the hotel stories. But I want to give a quick shout-out to two of my favorite (laughs) $29.99 hotels over the years. Shout-out to the Cat Motel. Uh, down at the Potomac River, dude. Hey, dude, you know that the one. Bell Elton. Yes, I'm the staying Bell there Elton, next the week. <laughs> oh, shout out the Cat Motel. Brad's gonna see it hey, next week. I got to new- all the cats. I said hello, dude. I there. stayed there before the cutoff for two days. It's that a great is- hotel. It's cheap, but it's that's actually it's a cheap, nice hotel. It's safe. Yeah. It is a very interesting experience. It's, very interesting. it's not twenty nine ninety nine anymore. No, up. dude, what's it? Sixty bucks? Yeah. Seventy bucks now? Wow! Well, I'm never staying there again. <laughs> uh, also, shout out to the Bob White, the Bob Motel White. down at Lake Martin in Alabama. <laughs> shout out to Bob White. I don't know if that was his real name. But shout out to Bob White. Uh, let me remind everybody watching. Listen, we want to hear from you. Lots of ways to get a hold of us. Lots of ways to ask these guys questions. Um, hit us up on the IM, instant messaging, right there next to your screen. You could also hit us up on our social media feed, which is at Ike Live Show, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Let me get let me get some hard questions for you guys. I've been, I've been uh, going easy <laughs> on you. And this is for both of you. Both Remember the rule of the couch is what, Pete? The huh? rule of the casting couch tell is the truth. you got to tell the truth. You can't lie. you got to give your honest opinion. Okay. Um, a lot of our listeners and fans are, are hardcore fans of the sport, and they saw the really unfortunate Greg Hackney disqualification at Cayuga. And then a few weeks later, flash forward, they saw a very similar incident happen with Kevin Van Dam catching a fish out of bounds. And he was allowed to release that fish, and just take and, and not take a penalty, and went on to win that tournament. Carl, we've got a lot of people saying it's unfair. What are your thoughts about those two situations? Um, my initial my initial thought with Hackney and everything what happened there, we definitely our sport needs to look at some other higher profile sports and how they deal with penalties. And that Hackney's penalty was way too much for, severe. What, for what happened. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and you know, there's obviously things will be fixed now, but it's unfortunate that that Greg got that sort of disqual- disqualification for that one just fishing in there. Any other sport in the world, he would have got, you know, some points taken off or whatever, and it wouldn't have affected his entire season. It yeah. would have affected his day, maybe, and not even the tournament. He probably could have even still made the 50 cut, but. So that was really unfortunate there. And then I was watching live when Van Dam had done that. And initially, when I first saw it all, and then the way it was going down, I was like, oh, my God, this is bad. That's exactly like, what I thought. This is, yeah. just, this is bad for the for us and for the sport. I didn't... But after it got explained and I watched, and I watched the rules and, and it was a different tournament and, and how it all ran down, I think everything ended up how it should have been. Yeah. But... The only unfortunate person out of all of that is Greg Hackney's first initial, um, how he got his whole season disqualified right. for just one single. So, so the, let me understand this because I'm confused. They changed the rule? They didn't change the rule. No. In midstream? No, or? they didn't change uh, the rule. Uh, uh, in Hackney could have kept, he could have kept his tournament alive if his marshal had have, if he had have tagged that fish and his marshal had verified it and said that's the fish that was caught in the outer bounds. And then released it. And then he could have released that fish, and he could have kept fishing. That- so what happened with Kevin? He caught that fish? He and- caught the fish. Trip was in the boat with him. They were able to identify which fish it was. They weren't yeah. keeping him, so it hmm. was just marked down. So, you know, it was a different scenario. It gotcha. was the same, but it was different, you know? And Van Am fished in... And off-limits, that was two bass rules. Like, they said, you can't go past here. But mm-hmm. other fishermen could. Where Hackney fished, no, it was, they, no one was allowed to fish. There was state law that you weren't allowed to fish in that marina. So it's a, it's, it, it had a little, you know, they were definitely okay. two totally different situations. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Brandon, what's your take? Because I want to hear from you because... It's too much gray area, man. Yeah, but, but listen. <laughs> listen, I want to hear from you because you had something like this yeah. happen to you. And everybody knows that. 90% of our viewers know your story. Um, so yeah. it, it hits home probably for you more than anybody. Yeah, I've been in that situation. Um, you know, and it, it was like my situation where I felt like the penalty was too harsh. Yeah. Right. Because in our rules, it says if you come to the scales with six fish... You throw back your smallest one, you get a two-pound penalty. Yeah. So if I would have just forgot to coal, you know, and thought that I had five in the box, because I just quit. I culled one time, and I said, okay, I got enough weight. If I would have just thought that that was number five, I would have still been leading by four pounds. Right. But because I had culled thinking I was doing the right thing, DQ'd. Mm. In Hackney's situation, I have mixed feelings on it. We were made very aware of which marinas were off limits yeah and i physically pulled out my phone sitting at the exact same marina that he went into yeah and looked at my went to my email and said okay i can't go past that line right right there um and so i I never went in there even during practice because i knew okay i can't go in here and fished around the rest of the area but i can understand getting caught up in the moment and that's another situation where he made an honest mistake like I did, and I feel like the penalty was too harsh. Right. Because it, he went in there, and it never benefited him. Right. It never gave him a competitive advantage because he never kept a bass out of there. Right. Now, they say they can't verify it, 
<laughs> but they're going, but they go off of uh, lie detector tests for right. other but, things. Yeah, there's so other. Give them a lie detector. It's like yeah. there's so much gray area there. There is, but there's other ways gray. to get competitive advantage. Like you can learn things about the status of the bite, the way the fish are relating to the habitat in that off limits area that you use elsewhere. You know, there's information you yeah. can acquire that that. Except you can't fish any of the marinas. So if you're getting bit in a marina. Uh, you can but say, you get, but you, the okay, point they're stands. Under the shade yeah. and, but maybe, yeah. maybe they're biting in a certain way that he that he is able to identify that no matter where he goes. Yeah. Yeah. So, but then I, you can argue, did he lose the advan- disadvantage because he lost the time? Right? Like they made that argument with Kevin. Yeah. And I, and I see where they can verify with Kevin's, and it's easier to say, okay. So like I have mixed feelings on both of right. them. You right. know, and that's the tough thing. I, I think obviously something needed to be done with Hackney. I don't think he should have been disqualified yeah. necessarily mm-hmm. um and i feel like kevin's was probably the right ruling but it was really confusing after what had happened with hackney right, i think yeah. if the hackney thing never would have happened yeah it uh, wouldn't have been kevin's deal right. would have been explained yeah. and it wouldn't yeah. have been as big of a deal as it was so yeah. so you've taken hackney the one of the biggest forces in fishing certainly the hottest guy this year and you, he's has suffered this tremendous thing what, what do you think he's gonna what do you think the rest of his season's gonna be you think he's gonna well, tear other. it up or do you think I, he's gonna fold i think he's gonna tear i i see mental strength in hackney yeah you yeah know? i think he's gonna have i think in his last two he's gonna go out and kick butt yeah. and go into the last one with with a real shot to regain angle of the year that's my opinion yeah. now if it that was would, if it was me Dude, every freaking window in this house would be broken. Find a carpenter, there'd be fucking rods in the ceiling. Yes, there would. I'd stab the ceiling with all my yeah, rods. I'd be, we'd all be praying for Becky. Yeah, yeah I'd have my lawyer, Jay Spiegel from uh, D.C. Shout out to Jay. I'd have him yeah. on their asses. I'd, I'd be hosting the show. You'd be hosting the show by yourself. He'd be locked up. Be in jail, bro. Wouldn't be well, good. I, I think you're right, though, about Greg. Is His, his mental toughness is... is at the top, man. It is. So uh, he's put a, a, a something across where you just not like you just know he's going to catch him. And like I think this is I wanted to you know I was <laughs> wanted to do an article on saying like this is an opportunity for him to actually win AOY after something like that happens. Yeah. And if he like, does that, know, I think he's gonna like. Oh my god! Great story. It's not. It's not like. You think, oh, he, now he's done. He's not one of those guys. You know, he's gonna. You just know he's gonna catch him because he's done it for so long. Right. Now. Yeah. And look at the tournaments too, dude. You got two power yeah. fishing tournaments. Dude. Yeah. Right up his alley. Right up his alley. Mm. And right in the long run of his career, it's probably not going to affect his entire career. No. You know, I mean, in the time and place, it seems, you know, major, huge deal, and it is a huge deal just sure. because of the position he was in. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to be the last time he's in that position. Yeah. No, he's, yeah. he's which he's is scary have, yeah. for us. Uh, it is scary. <laughs> he's going to have a lot more chances. Uh, I've got two more things I want to do. Uh, Brian DeCarpenter, I'm going to I want to ask these guys a little bit about tomorrow, and then after I'm done that, I want you to. I have one of those scripts that I gave you. We're gonna we're gonna bring forward. Oh, for these oh, two guys. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna try it. Uh, oh, l- let me let me start with tomorrow, um, and uh, two separate questions. First one. Carl, tell me about your expectations tomorrow for fishing the tournament on the Delaware River. Have you ever fished the Delaware River? Never put my boat on the Delaware. Never fished it. Okay, no. so you're gone in blind. Yep. What, what What are your feelings about tomorrow? How, what, how are you going to approach it? I feel pretty good. I usually uh, I've done well. You know, 
I usually catch them in practice a lot of the time, and I, there's a lot to learn from that. And I always, I always learn, you know, every time I go fishing. But, um, you know, go. It is fishing in the end. It's, I always got to think. I try and sometimes you just overthink stuff, and you try yeah. and dial it in so much. And I, some of the tournaments that I've done best, I've gone in just open mind, go fishing. And yeah. my first day of practice of the elites is always almost insane because i'm just picking rods up i'm fishing that looks totally good. wide open that's yeah. true and yeah. tomorrow i'm just gonna go fishing and yeah. that's when you can catch them you hear that yeah. pete that's look at you i see dangerous. i see you shaking look at, look at his hands. Dangerous. Except, except i don't know which way to turn out of when i go out of but the look area. at his hands that's not parkinson's <laughs> exactly. I, I, can you go to the middle river in this tournament you cannot go to middle river oh, it's no. the same boundaries as the delaware river event when bass was here you can okay. fish to cape may to the Atlantic Ocean. Oh, we could go around. You can't go around. There's a straight line between oh, Cape May and the other cut side. Cut of Cape May. Yeah, so okay. no C&D Canal, <laughs> Sharks. no flats. Stay out of there, Pete. Okay. Uh, well, that's a shame. Yeah. Brandon, what do you, you've fished here before. Mm-hmm. Are you excited to have another shot here? Are you excited to fish here again? Or are you, or are you not excited? <laughs> I am excited about the format. Yes. Um, that's The tournament is really cool. I caught three bass a day when we were here in Castro Check. Wow. So I don't have really high expectations of going out there and catching a bunch of fish. Uh, But I will say the Delaware River has been one of my favorite tournaments that we've ever fished in the elites in six years. It is the only elite tournament, including the ones that I won, that I have got chills at the weigh-ins. That's awesome. Including the tournaments that I won. Yeah. Wow. It's just the crowd is incredible. Um, I hope we get to see part of that, you know, just yeah. a portion of that. It's, I mean, it's going to be a cool event. And the Delaware fishery is a really good fishery, yeah. but it's really hard to figure out. It's hard to figure mm-hmm. out. That seven-foot tide makes it tough. I mean, I've yeah. been fishing out there forever. I went out um, last two weeks ago and fished for eight hours and caught three keepers. Yeah. And I, I know the river, so yeah. it's it's a very humbling place to fish. Uh, Brian DeCarpenter, we're going to do something for you guys watching tonight. Uh, it's very interesting. You've Nervous. seen this yeah. before, uh, and we reserve this for our very special guest. Uh, and this is uh, this is a little a skit that we do, and it's called the Ike Live Movie Script Segment. And uh, what we do is we have our very special guests that are sitting here on the casting couch read... The actual script from a movie. Pete, you were involved with one of them. You remember this, how fun this, this is. This is a lot of fun. And uh, and, and and this is a this is a this is a great segment. And we're gonna have we're gonna have Brandon and Carl act out these lines from a movie. And uh, and and to keep you guys guessing and to keep you guys interested, we're not gonna let you know what the movie is. Until these guys are done reading their lines. So I'm um, going to give these guys a second to prepare, uh, but they're going to get into character. How generous of you to yeah, give them the a second. Yeah. I'm going to give them a second to prepare, just like real actors in Hollywood. I feel like these these roles should have been reversed just based on the first, yeah. just based on the first line. No, I feel like these no, roles should have been reversed. No, the ones Brian gave you. you got to stick with the roles. Uh, and, uh, you know, these the real Hollywood actors deal with this all the time. And we put our professional anglers in the same situation, and we're going to read the movie. 
Line. So uh, we're going to give you just a couple more seconds, and uh, and let's see. And uh, we're going to give you a couple more seconds, and here we go for the second time ever on Ike Live, <laughs> the Ike Live movie script. Kill it. And go. Action. Action. Run. I'm up. And Susan, <laughs> Susan, I've never heard you talk like that. Are we about to get it on? Because I'm as hard as the diamond right in an ice storm right now. This is awesome. Yes, it is. <laughs> Are you climbing on the table right now? Yes, sir. <laughs> I cannot believe this. This is the white snake. This is like the white snake video where the girl crawls on the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like that. What's her name? Tony Katane. She's really good. She's great. She's fantastic. Everyone turn away. Things are going to get crazy. We're going to make animal noises. <laughs> now who can ma- name that movie? Wow. Who can name that scene? Okay, now listen, Dude. listen, Pete. Can you name that movie? No, I can't name. Brian, do you want to? Do you want to just not- give it away, or do you want to give it up to our IMs and give something away on this one? Oh, they're already all over it. They're already all over it. Listen. The first person that we see that named this correctly, Brian, we're gonna send him. We're gonna send him a tackle warehouse <laughs> gift pack. Close it out. Tackle warehouse gift pack to the winner that knows what movie that was. It was Adam. And Adam, and the winner is Adam. Adam, send your stuff in. Adam, send your uh, information. We're gonna send you a tackle warehouse gift pack. What was the movie? Uh, Drum roll, please. <laughs> The movie. I don't know. <laughs> I said I don't know. <laughs> Were we that good? Carl? Oh, come on. Talladega Nights. We're good enough. Somebody got it, so wow. we're good enough. Guys, good I, know, job. I, I love that movie, and I didn't even know it was out of <laughs> Brandon, that was oh, good it's when she, Yeah, it's when she's on the table. Dude, and, bro, you got... You, you, I mean, I wish I would have had longer hair, so... I yeah. know, but you're, you're, you got, got into with, you know. it with the body movement yeah. and everything. Yeah, I mean, it just did what it told me to do. That was amazing. <laughs> I was the man of yeah. the relationship. Wow. <laughs> Dang that it. That was amazing. That was good. And that's proof. Multi-talented guys sitting on our couch. I'm tonight. telling you. If, if they do everything. They brought it. They, they brought, brought the passion. It. The enthusiasm. They could act. They could oh, fish. Yeah, it was raw passion. Yeah. <laughs> raw passion. Uh, Let's do this real quick. I want to give you an update uh, for those of you tuning in late. Once again, the Ike Foundation, Pete, first annual tournament and event tomorrow, Camden Waterfront. Uh, Still accepting boaters? Still accepting boaters. If you're out there and you're wondering, can I sign up at the ramp? You can. Official launch is the Gloucester City Marina, and we're taking off from uh, the Wiggins Marina at the Camden Waterfront. And then from 11 to 2, Bring your family out. Bring the kids out. We've got, what do we got, Pete? Kids casting, kids fishing, face painting, food. Giveaways to all the kids are going to walk away with bags of stuff. Yep. And later that night, we have the celebrity dinner and silent auction from 4 to 6. Tickets still available at ikefoundation.org. And you'll be drinking this lovely beer that we're drinking tonight from the folks at Yards Brewery. And they're sponsoring... The Ike Foundation event tomorrow, Pete. That, that, I heard that the president of Yards is going to be participating in the tournament. He is. He's going to be fishing with Jay Brainerd tomorrow, and uh, he's he's an avid angler. 
Looks forward to fishing Delaware River. So thank you, Yards. Great beer tonight. And uh, Brian DeCarpenter, what are we drinking tonight? This is a new beer that we put on tap. It is? Yeah, it's a new beer. They just uh, they just tapped it back. Oh, there. I don't know. I wasn't there okay, for that. I'm talk- drinking. I drank the old stock. Okay. Uh, you floated about- two already, by the way. We did. Yeah, the Brawler and the IPA. They're gone. Yeah. Wow. Heavy drinkers in the house tonight. <laughs> uh, Brian DeCarpenter, do you want to take a break? Do you want to keep rolling? What would no. you like to do? Uh I'm going to play a quick song here. Okay. Quick one. We're going to take a quick break. Hang in there with us. When we come back, more superstars sitting on the couch. Ike Foundation Tournament tomorrow. Hang in there with us. We'll be right back. Ike Live. Ike Live. There's an old Australian stockman lying dying. He gets himself off on elbow and he turns to his mates. Great action, Watch me wallabies feed, mate. Watch me wallabies feed. They're a dangerous breed, mate. So watch me wallabies feed all together now. Tiny kangaroo down, sport. Tiny kangaroo down. Tiny kangaroo down, sport. Tiny kangaroo down. Keep me cockatoo cool, curl. Keep me cockatoo cool. Oh, don't go acting the fool, curl. Just keep me cockatoo cool all together now. Tiny kangaroo down, sport. Tiny kangaroo down. Tie me kangaroo down, sport. Tie me kangaroo down. And take me koala back, Jack. Take me koala back. He lives somewhere out on the track, Mac. So take me koala back all together now. Tie me kangaroo down, sport. Tie me kangaroo down. Tie me kangaroo down, sport. Tie me kangaroo down. Let me abos go loose, Lou. Let me abos go loose. They're of no further use, Lou. So let me abos go loose all together now. Tie me kangaroo down, sport. Tie me kangaroo down. Tie me kangaroo down, sport. Tie me kangaroo down. And mind me platypus duck, Bill. Mind me platypus duck. Oh, don't let him go running amok, Bill. Just mind me platypus duck all together now. Tie me kangaroo down, sport. Tie me kangaroo down. Tie me kangaroo down, sport. Tie me kangaroo down. Play your didgeridoo, blue. Play your didgeridoo. Uh, like, keep playing till I shoot through, blue. Play your didgeridoo. All together now, tiny kangaroo down, sport. Tiny kangaroo down. Tiny kangaroo down, sport. Tiny kangaroo down. Tan me hide when I'm dead, Fred. Tan me hide. When I'm dead So we tanned his hide when he died, Clyde And that's it hanging on the shed all together now Tie me kangaroo down, sport Tie me kangaroo down Tie me kangaroo down, sport Tie me kangaroo down Folks at home, folks at home Welcome back to Ike Live. Thanks for hanging in there with us. Uh, man, I, I got to tell you, Pete, let me put you on the spot. Has there ever, ever in the history of the show been a more exciting guest list than tonight? Tell me. I, You know, I don't think we could ever top this. To be honest with you, I'm a little scared of that. 
I don't think know, we could ever talk. I mean, we just had a, 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 the hottest, youngest guys, the rookies, were entering into the veteran realm. Yeah. And uh, they're going to be mad at us because we just called them veterans. <laughs> the old, yeah, the old guys. The old guys. <laughs> the old guys. Yeah. Uh, let's let's keep it going and joining us now on the casting couch. Oh my God, this is getting ridiculous. Uh, look here. Look who's here. Very own John Cruz sitting to my left, and Britt Myers sitting next to John. Hi, guys. What up? How you doing, man? Good. Good to yeah. see you guys. Good to see you guys. First of all, tell me about the traffic out there right now. Oh, my God. The further north you go, the more aggressive people drive. Plain <laughs> and simple. <laughs> but this yeah. is South Jersey. It's real easy down here. No? So I left. <laughs> I, once I you, left once you see cornfields, it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I left the Charlotte area around uh, 6 o'clock this morning. I got here just an hour or so ago. Wow. Yeah, unbelievable. Ooh, that's wow. incredible. Dude, 95, when you get from, like, Richmond to here, is a freaking disaster, dude. Yeah. Getting Fredericksburg, D.C., it's, it's the worst corridor in the whole country. It's terrible. It's a nightmare. It is. It's beyond a nightmare. It's beyond a nightmare. We're glad you guys made it. Yeah, yeah. we're glad you made it. Uh, first of all... Thank you guys for coming here yeah, this thanks week. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Uh, to support this event means so much to us. So thank you very Absol- much. No, absolutely. It, it's awesome. Uh, I, I want to start with you, Britt. We're going to corner you right away, right off the giddy, because you are the only elite winner that we've had on this couch this year. Wow. The first one. The first one. <laughs> well, listen. Awesome. It's, it's cool to be here and to see this in person. You know, I, you had me on the show. Yeah. Um, when I won, and it was awesome just to be on the show, but to be here, especially with my buddy John and you guys, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. Now, I, I asked you, I think I asked you this like months later, but now it's a couple months later than that. Have you come down from the win yet? Because I, and, and I, let me tell you my experience. Delaware River win was in 2014. I still haven't come down yet from that shit. <laughs> Have you come down yet from it? You know, I, I, a little bit, but what was, what was crazy, I got to do some photo stuff for Bass Cat. And uh, so I got to bring the trophy with me because they don't do it here. So I got to pick it up again and carry it. So it kind of got me fired up. <laughs> awesome. it's, in, it's in the back of the tundra now, and uh, I'm fired up again, you know. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and you – I mean, you've come so close before. You've had second-place finishes before. To, to get over the hump, I mean, what what does that do? Does that, does that free you up mentally to know that, you, you know, you finally won one? Well, you asked that question, and you, you know the answer to that, but – it does, um, it, you know, because you get so close and you want it so bad, and you make stupid mistakes just to lose it. Yeah. So that this tournament was different because there was a point where I didn't think I could win it, and I was just trying to salvage a decent tournament, and and I won. So now, you know, you know, you kind of, now you know you got what it takes to win, and so yeah. just. Just don't try to make things happen. Just keep fishing to, to what got you there. Maybe you can keep, you know, maybe win again. Yeah. I'll, I, t- I'll tell you this, Mike. You know, in front of Brett, I don't know if he, I think he may have realized that a little bit, but I doubt there are fewer guys that won a tournament, especially in recent memory, to where that many people were actually pulling for him to win. Oh, yeah. And uh, I know you had a number of your friends close there. And very rarely do I watch the weigh-ins if i'm not in the top 12 yeah i'll just be totally honest yeah i don't know if it's like a pride issue but i mean like if you or you know close friends are in there i'll definitely watch but i I, I was watching that 
illegally while I was driving home. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, totally illegally, I yeah. was watching it, and I watched it, and I was, I was like the big fist pump, you know, when he won. I was like, yes, you know, driving down the road. So, uh, you know, this good guy right here. A lot of, you know, every, everybody uses Brit to, uh, to uh, you know, have their trucks customized exactly how they want them, but... Yeah, it, it's more than that. Everybody, you was just pulling for him because he's a good guy and, yeah. and he's our friend. Yeah, no, it, it was awesome. I mean, with with your win and with Rick Clun's win, both of those I was driving illegally, yeah. watching, rooting you guys on. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And speaking of that, we need to get a picture. I think you've done everybody's truck in the yard out here. <laughs> yes. There's like 15 or <laughs> yes, 16 trucks yep. out here in my yard, and I think you've done almost every one of them. So that. we need to get a picture before you leave, standing with all these rigs. That is awesome. You know, that's in the sport of bass fishing, you guys are so loyal. I mean, it's not just your truck, your friend's truck. John's yeah. John's friends from states away has, has really impacted our business. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people watching the show right now, you know, and maybe some of you guys are potential sponsors. Fishing is huge, but it's kind of small. I don't, it's hard to explain, but people are very loyal in this business. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it, I mean, my business is a huge testimonial to that, for yeah. sure. And, and touching base with what John said about uh, watching me win, you know, we're all buddies. Even on stage when I won a tournament, I, I, I wasn't crying. I thought I'd, if I ever won one, I'd just start balling but i did when i when i i've watched i've watched all you guys win tournaments and and you know i've sat at home because i got my butt whipped and i'm watching the monitor and i've watched one of my friends win a tournament or a bunch of guys win tournaments and i get have tears and so for me to be that guy holding up the trophy was was really awesome that's awesome yeah Yeah. that's awesome now i want to i want to jump to something and we mentioned it just a second ago uh very successful shop you own, Britt, and and we'll we'll let you plug that before you get off. But you own that, John Missile Bates. It's blowing up. It's crazy. I want both of you to talk about it, but I'm going to start with you, John. How do you guys do that? How do you run a successful business and compete at the same time? Is it good for you to do that, or is it distracting? Talk a little bit about for, that. For me, it's a little bit different, I think, than what than what Britt does because. I'm talking to dealers. I'm talking to distributors. I'm talking to people within the fishing industry all the time yeah. and, you know, every day. And they're, you know, I'm talking, you know, we're talking about, you know, what, what baits are hot, what's selling, what's not, what colors are good. I get to see, you know, sales sheets from, from different, you know, retailers and, and things like that. And I compare our sales and kind of see what sales are nationally, you know, but sales are not always translated into what, what catches fish. Right. What what really helps you is when you've got a dealer that calls you up and he says, uh, you know, may talk to our office manager Julie or, or Shannon, you know, get, get their order place, and they're like, hey, uh, let me holler at John real quick. So then I'll talk to him and we'll be talking. Hey, have you ever you ever tried this? Um, you know, it's some kind of different way to rig a bait or like, hey, put this bait on upside down. And, and try that and see what happens. And you, sometimes you go out there and you're like, oh, snap, this really works. Yeah. And uh, it's just that kind of synergy. And then, you know, you tell them, you're like, hey, well, why don't you rig it like this and try that? And next thing you know, you just go back and forth with, with different little tips and techniques and things that they pick up from their customers. And you t- tell you, and I completely hoard them to myself and don't tell anybody. And then, <laughs> you know, like I'll give them a bone every once in a while. and we'll, we'll At least a one-year yeah. grace period before you let it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but that kind of, you know, outside of that, you know, the, you know, paying the taxes and all the, 
all that kind of stuff. It's just it goes along it goes along with it. You have you have to do it, but you just it just makes me a lot better time manager. And yeah. I'm sure Britt will say the same thing. You just you have to know like come coming to this event. I, I started doing my tackle last weekend. Yeah. For the Potomac. Yeah. And uh, and I, I had to do it, and, and it took me until last night. To, to finally finish it, yeah. you know, because I knew I had a lot of other stuff going on as yeah. well. So uh, it, time management has definitely gotten better since since I've started the business. I yeah. don't know about you, Britt. Yeah, I'm like a professional weekend angler. <laughs> <laughs> really. I mean, I I work all week so I can have a, – a, a lot of times, most Saturdays I actually work. So, you know, I go fishing on Sunday, and I live right there next to Lake Wiley. And my shop is away from Lake Wiley, so every morning when I'm heading to work, I'm passing everybody waving at me, uh, you know, uh, in my tundra because they're going uh, fishing and I'm going to work. But you know, um, I get people asking me all the time, Britt, why don't you sell that business so you could just fish all the time? Because it's it is a struggle, you know, to be at the top of both. It really is. Yeah. yeah. But but it, what most people don't understand is that's my dream. You know, that's what I've always dreamt of of being able to do is be a shop owner. A professional angler, and um, I, you know, sometimes maybe I don't. I, I'm, I'm not at the top angler wild like I'd like to be, but it's, it is where I want to be. Yeah. You know, I do want to be better. I want to be able to be better at both, better at my business and better at fishing. And and we're all competitive like that. But uh, I, I, you know, I I set back the other day. I haven't, and I hate to say this, I haven't washed my own truck in probably five years. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. I haven't either. Yeah. And in fact, no one has. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, so I, I had a little bit of time. I got home early. I think my wife and kids were somewhere, and I'm, I'm like cleaning my truck up. And I got down in my wheels. And Gear Alloy is a wheel sponsor of mine. And I was sitting there thinking to myself, you know, when I was 16, all I could care about was my car, keeping it clean. It was a hoopty, dude. I'm telling you, it was rough. And but it was probably worth 500 bucks. But it was the coolest thing in the world to me. Now, it was clean though. It was yeah, clean. It, it, it was clean. <laughs> clean it was and I'm, you know, I'm cleaning my truck up, and I'm, I'm down to the wheels, and you know, I'm looking. I have a wheel sponsor that pays me good money to go fishing to help, re, you know, uh, represent their company. I have this cool tundra with all these accessories. I have a store. That has every freaking thing in the world you could imagine to an automobile in there. Life is good for me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I just won an elite event. Yeah. At that point, I'm cleaning my truck and I'm getting goosebumps in my arm. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of a reality check. Uh, what a it, great reality check! It is a great reality. It is. Check. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it, it's. I don't know. Life is good. Uh, going back to John, uh, I, his deal is different. He was already a pro angler. And he got in the business, right? So, for so he has he has to figure out how to manage time for a business. Now I had to figure out how to manage time for pro fishing. Yeah, you were foot flap because you yeah. you you had the mm-hmm. business from just out of high school. Right, you started. That's that right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, real real quick, we started. I started my business when I was nineteen with a five thousand dollar car title loan. We now employ around twenty three people. Uh, it's probably one of the big car customers, biggest or largest in North Carolina. You know, it's a single store operation. It it could be multiple stores, but it's such a unique business that yeah. I haven't taken that road yet. I think it's better just keeping it all in one location. Yeah, and everybody watching tonight, CS Motorsports, check them out. Uh, yeah, amazing, amazing shop. Uh, I, I want to flip gears here. Tomorrow is an event that's all about kids, getting kids into fishing. Both you guys sitting down have kids. Mm-hmm. 
I want to talk a little bit about that. J- John, flip, start with you. Um, there's a lot of people watching out here that are parents, that are dads and moms, or they're single, but they know a kid that's never fished. Give them some advice. What, what do they do to get a kid fishing that's never been fishing before? Um, number one is you got to get them excited about, about going. Uh, you know, like, like this morning at like 7 in the morning, uh, well, let me back up for a sec. Yeah, last night, my stepson, is a, he's going to be a senior in high school, unbelievable football player, played an inter-squad awesome scrimmage last player. night, Yeah, it did really well, looked great. A lot of people say, oh, he looked good, he looked good. 7 o'clock this morning, he sends me a text. Hey. All right. That's, yeah, 17, right? <laughs> so I send him a text back. Hey, what? <laughs> He's like, hey, can you call me? Yeah. So I'm thinking, what the hell is he doing at 7 in the yeah. morning? Pick up, uh, call him. Call him. He's like, hey, I'm going over to uh, the Carvin's Cove. It's like local city reservoir. He's like, hey, I'm going over to Carvin's Cove. Um, can, uh, you know, what, what do we need to be doing over there? Well, it's going to be good. I said, well, it's overcast and top water could be yeah. good. It should be, you know. So we just started ta- rapping yeah. about, and you know, he's eat up with it. He's he's got he's got the bug, and I feel like getting him out at an early age and having a positive experience. Um, so it's not all. I feel like it's not all about gung ho like five in the morning like just make it fun for them you know go out and catch some brim go like mm-hmm. do something that's yeah. going to be productive to where they're going to enjoy yes. it and they're going to want to come back i don't i feel like that if you take them out there at a young age and like swelter them to a 12 hour day Dude, that's to where the, they, to that's where the they don't want to be do. yeah they're going to ha- they're going to hate it later on because that's going to be etched in their memory when they're little that they had to go just go to a uh, cnc sweat factory out there on the boat and <laughs> and then and they're not going to want to go back and yeah. so yeah but i you know i took noah out and i've done that with uh with my girls and and now my girls are like itching to to get out there and they want to go you know my my, oh, she turns nine this coming Sunday. Maya, she uh, she wants to. She oh, take. I want you to take me out on the boat, Daddy. Let's go fishing yeah. soon. So she's all fired up. But I've, I think I've done it. Kind of like eased them into it. Like you know, believe it or not, I don't take them fishing all the time because when I'm home, I don't fish a ton. Right. So uh, and I don't live this this access like you do, like right. this close to the water. So you know, to take them fishing is a big is a big deal. Yeah. And so I just want to make sure when I take them fishing, I like to make sure that it's a fun experience. Have and fun. I, make and it I, fun for and, them. Yeah. And I know that we're gonna catch a few fish of some cut. Yeah. Brett, what did you do over the years to get your kids into it? You know, you you take them bass fishing, but really bluegill fishing, just yeah. like you said, just let them catch something. Uh, I, you know, you take even if they catch a bass, it was pretty cool to them. But they're more independent when they're trying to catch bluegill. Mm-hmm. They can do their own thing. Mm-hmm. Heck, if a turtle swims by, of course they try to catch it. I can remember <laughs> memories of my kids. That was a big deal to them. You know, just anything that swims, mm-hmm. just let them catch fish. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, I, I my my oldest son now is uh, 16. And my my youngest one is twelve, and they still have just as much fun. That we talk about uh, bluegill beds where we live at. You know, they remember going there, talk, you know, still catching those, and that's that's a big deal. Just instantly let them catch fish. If if they get tired of fishing, let them drive the boat, or maybe not let them drive the boat, but let them <laughs> let them let them ride you know ride around the boat. Just keep them keep them on the water. Keep, you know, let them have a lot of fun. Yeah, that is definitely a way to do it. Bringing them to the bank. Is something I love to do with my my little boy. 
I mean, I take them in the boat too, but chasing turtles yeah you know frogs you know just just walking over logs over the creek you know that's a whole experience yeah. you know that uh that keeps them in keeps them coming back keeps yeah, them wanting to right, do it right down the from from where i live we've got a little uh the roanoke river it runs into smith mountain and then later into bugs island and some of those other lakes but it starts you know right down through there and it's i mean you can it's a trickle and but it's ton, it's got tons of crawfish so my stepson was you know like seven eight nine years old We'd go fishing. He'd fish for about 15 minutes at most. And then, you know, maybe we'd catch one or two, and then all of a sudden he started flipping rocks. And he would get down there, and he'd start flipping rocks, and he'd catch crawfish. And, and then all of a sudden now we got something new to fish with, and we'd <laughs> fish with crawfish for a little while. And, you know, like he, he still talks about catching crawfish in the river uh, to this day. So it's it's kind of those those memories like you're talking about. The bank can be just as fun as the boat. You're mm-hmm. right. That's Thank awesome. You. And it's so awesome what you're doing, getting rods into the hands of these kids that might never get them, and, and they'll get a chance to go out and catch crawfish. Yeah, I mean, we, we okay. take it for granted because, you know, in, in Virginia, in North Carolina, you know, fishing as a kid is kind of the nor- is a normal activity. Mm-hmm. But a lot of places, Pete, shit, around here, yeah. Chicago, uh, you know, Cass Crew's with us tonight in the Chicago area, New York City, Los Angeles, dude, a lot of times – They've never even cast a rod and reel before. We did uh, uh, Central Park Fishing Day last year with BASS. They asked me to go up there. They brought my truck and boat to Central Park. They asked me to drive it in, and I was like, hell no. I ended up hiring somebody to drive it in. I ain't driving to New York City with my rig. Um, But we went up there, and we had casting demos. And a couple thousand kids came through. Dude, over half of them had never cast a rod and reel before in their life hmm. is that not unbelievable it's crazy I mean, it blows you away and it, it, it the question that always fascinates me is the, the people in these areas they they see you fishing by yeah and they're like there's fishing here yeah you know they're right. always surprised right. that you know you're fishing the potomac and even still as famous as the potomac is yeah. you'll still go up in dc and they'll ask you what there's there's largemouth yeah. in this river you know, yeah. So they don't even know. It's and crazy. We've got to keep getting that word out. Keep giving them the experience, you know, even just the casting experience. Uh, let's switch gears and talk about this event. Mm-hmm. I got two guys on the couch that did good. A lot of guys did terrible when we were here for <laughs> in 2014. John, top top 10. Britt, good tournament. Decent, yeah. What what are your expectations tomorrow, Don? Are you going to just run the same stuff? Are you are you not thinking about it? What's your expectations for fishing tomorrow? It was funny because I was um, as I was getting my stuff ready over the past week for the Potomac. I'd, I'd rig something up and I'd look at it and then I'd go, "That'll probably work on the Delaware too." And I'd put it back in there. Not everything, but a there, lot of there, crossover. There was a few. Mm-hmm. There's a few baits, yeah. and, and I'd think like, "Okay, I've got about half a dozen places kind of in mind that I know." I want to hit and kind of a, 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 like a ballpark on the tide when I want to be there and um, yeah I don't I don't know exactly the experience level of who I've got so that you know that yeah. uh, that's kind of a factor as well so we'll we'll see we'll see how all that plays out in the morning and yeah. we'll just go out there and I, have a good time but yeah I, I got a few areas in mind I definitely want to want to see. I, I got I got a little inside track on your uh, on your part on your partners. Have you talked mm-hmm. to them or communicated with them? A little bit. Yeah. Well, well, uh, James Riley, 
is is paired up with John. Wow, I didn't know and, that. Yeah, as wow. well as well as the sixteen year old uh, boy that I that I've not met. You, Colin yeah. Stewart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's wow. fired up. He's mm-hmm. fired up. Dude, you got two oh, guys yeah. that can catch him. Good, good yeah. fisherman. James and I fish uh, several times a year, and I've taken him on the Delaware River on many occasions. So I don't want to see you anywhere near there. Uh, but um, but but I'll just but, have him draw me a map later. <laughs> now J- James is actually a, g- a great angler, great bank fisherman. Spends a lot of time running around the Delaware. May have some hot spots hmm. that might might help your situation out. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Work, work all that stuff in together. You know, a lot of it's timing on the Delaware where where you go. So. Mm-hmm. Tide and timing. Yep. Britt, what's your game plan for tomorrow? Are you excited to be back here? I'm excited for one hour. <laughs> you last got, hour of outgoing? You guys yeah. know exactly what I'm talking about. I've never in my life seen a place that you could only catch fish during that one hour. Like I felt like I should just put my boat on the trailer uh, after that. Now, they bit like crazy. I mean, they were easy to catch during that time frame. Um, and that's exactly what I asked John a few minutes ago. I said, what time is low tide? You know, so I can kind of get an idea. Um, you know, I came down in pre-practice for this event before the elites. And the fish, I found the fish on the stretch. And during our tournament, like 45 days later, they were still there. So... Uh, I have an idea. That's probably where I'll be at tomorrow morning, or or actually around low tide. Well, you got a good tide tomorrow. You it can, is a good tide. You probably have enough time to go have breakfast. Yeah. yeah. Chill and go get, get back a Philly cheesesteak. Yeah. Go get right. back on the water about noontime and yeah. then come to the weigh-in. That's right. That, <laughs> be hey. Nice, relaxing. It just, <laughs> so when is low tide? I'm just curious. Twelve. It's twelve. It's around twelve o'clock. Where in we're launching. Philadelphia. In yeah. Philly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so the further you go down, I think 11 o'clock on the South River and probably one or so a little bit North River. That's a, that's a good estimation. Yeah. That's It's going to be great. Uh, let me remind Perfect. everybody watching, uh, IMs are still open. We want to hear from you. If you have any uh, questions for Britt or John, hit us up on our IM or our social media feeds. Brian stole my phone, so I can't check them. <laughs> At Ike Live Show. Check it. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I did I did get a uh, somebody reach out to me, a marshal, a uh, guy marshal for John Cruz, and said, uh, John John uh, has the, the worst gas he's ever been around. <laughs> <laughs> Even with wow. a breeze. <laughs> wow. John, how do you, how do you uh, wow. respond how do you to respond? these allegations? How do you respond to the charges of gas <laughs> I don't, in the water? I don't dispute it at all. I'm just trying to think of which tournament it was protein was a lot of protein John? but even at that it's like i don't well i don't i don't even know which tournament he's like oh well that must have been that tournament no i don't not real sure which, which stand by john could, in other words it could have been anyone it could have been anyone. It's that's every what i was getting to it could, it could be well, i mean if you if you ingest high energy food you, you have some exhaust yeah i mean it it's got to come out so it happens now i want to know what what is, what is your strategy um, because there's different strategies. Because we all, we all, you know, it all happens on the water. Is your strategy to just try to sneak it out, or do you just let them rip, or do you make do you make light of the situation? Um, I, there's no need to hold back. I don't right. consider, especially if you're prepared. I mean, if you have a man pond, yeah, and you know, like just a piece of white bread folded over. That yeah. um, you know, it's like a mud flap, really, and and you just you can just let it rip. Don't have anything to worry about. Yeah. End of the day, you just throw the gravy out and you're good to go. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not a big deal, really. Yeah. John, John, it was a Toledo Bend, or uh, Toledo. or or Toledo Bend, as they Toledo. say. Toledo. Oh yeah, yeah, that's my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. He he uh, he told he. He's, we have a mutual friend, and uh, he told my mutual friend that I had probably the worst gas he had ever, ever heard. Um, I'm, draw- I'm totally drawing a blank on his name. I'll remember it as soon as I, we move on. Um, but, uh, yeah, our mutual friend, he, he called me, and he was like, yeah, my buddy uh, told me that he had the worst gas he'd ever heard on the water. Oh my God. I can I can see James and Colin right now trying to figure out how to stay upwind in the boat tomorrow. <laughs> well, we were going to have to fish on the front deck with we John. We were eating Mansu's food down there, you know, oh, just gorging dude. at night. Gorging. Yeah, what was I supposed to do? <laughs> gorging. I mean, Very rich. It happened. Absolutely gorging. <laughs> uh, it happened. Brian the, Brian the Carpenter, can we, uh, I'd like to eventually get that video up here. Can we get that video up in the next we're couple work, minutes? We're actually working on it. We're that. working on it. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, I want to change topics, and I want to throw a couple questions at you. John, good thing or bad thing they banned the Alabama rig? Good thing. Good thing. Yeah, it just uh, there's no skill involved, I think, in uh, most of the ways that guys use it. I mean, they. Uh, it's been a big, you know, some of those lakes around around your house. It, it got dominant there for a little bit, and but yeah, I've seen the. It seems like the fish have kind of gotten off of it, but definitely a good thing. It just yeah. It's not, Ready? Not here sporty. it goes. Good thing or bad thing? They uh, made strolling illegal. Good thing or bad thing? Um, good thing. As bad as it sounds. Uh, because there, there was more skill in that technique than what people yeah. thought that there, there was. There was a lot of skill in yeah, that technique. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the problem Much more is, than an A-rig. Yeah. yeah. And the problem is, you get people just, you know, when I almost won Douglas, you know, I was realistically making like two and a half casts. I would actually make a long cast, just get enough bait out, and I knew from doing. I've been doing that technique since I was small. Yeah. I knew what it would take to get my bait down to 30 feet, 35 feet. You know. Uh, there's guys who just throw it out there and take the whole spool off, right. you know. Which I'll be honest with you, I kind of wish it still hung around because when enough people did it long enough, they would break off, hang hang up, you know. They quit doing it. Yeah, they get so frustrated. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's not it's not just really easy. So that's a great question though. It's a big gamble to fish that way too. You're giving up like five minutes of cast. Yeah. In some situations. A lot of investment. In time. Yeah. And it's uh, like Britt said, there is definitely some skill to it, um, and I think you know in some ways it makes you a better offshore fisherman because you really have to understand how the place lays out if you're gonna if you're gonna have a good cast. Yeah, like coming up coming up with any any kind of wood like stumps or anything roots that are in the ground, you can't do it. Uh, no matter how smooth it looks, you'll realize real quick that your bait stays buried. There, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of you know, at Lake Douglas, I didn't have a – like, Jeremy Starks won a tournament. He had one massive school right. that he went back and forth, back and forth. And he, even at the end of the tournament, he said he made a magical adjustment, but really he just went over where Aaron Martins was fishing. <laughs> <laughs> I just – I just – I'll just go ahead. It was easy. Oh, it was easy. <laughs> fucking Jeremy Starks. So I was moving he in on me. my fish. <laughs> See my toes? See my toes? <laughs> I'm gonna get a call now, but uh, and I don't mean anything bad by it, but you know, um, but you know that technique can be used on shallow points, right. taking a, a, a foot and a half crankbait and fishing three foot deep just around corners. So that's the only bad thing because they gotta they gotta change the rule to it or something like that. We actually had a meeting on it, or we discussed it during a meeting last time. Yeah, um, but. I don't think it's easy to catch them strolling. I know guys back home that do it all the time. They still don't catch them. Um, so, 
But still, I guess it's good. It keeps everybody from just going out there on a community hole, bombing out crankbakes and, you know, letting all the line out and taking 10 minutes to reel it in. Yeah. Next one, you ready? Yeah. No nets. Good rule or bad rule? Good rule. I like it. Good rule. Yeah. Why? I like it. I think it, it keeps you, uh, you have to be athletic to, to land a fish. Um, I mean, if you can just stand in one spot and then just reel, 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 and then don't even have to bend over and, and use a net, I just don't <laughs> feel like that's a sporting event. Yeah, like some um, of the guys in FLW, did you ever see the nets they use? They're like yeah. 30 feet long. Yeah. Dude. yeah. The thing jumps like way out there and he's got it. I'm like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> yeah, they hook it, it jumps, and they catch it. What just net. happened? Yeah. It was 30 feet out there. Yeah, but I mean, but I mean, anybody's watched you catch a fish. Uh, it's an athletic There's event. There's skill in landing a fish. You have yeah. to learn how to land it, a fish. It is. It is. And I, we fish some tournaments, like, you know, we would fish, if you get some guys fish, uh, I guess they used to have them in opens or whatever, but the TTBC, was a, you can use a net because you catch a lot of big fish in those events yeah. normally. And I, I would not put a net in the boat. Yeah. And... It's because I'm not used to it. Right. I don't. I'm not used to it. I'm gonna screw it up. I know I am. So I know how to. I know how to land fish without a net, and that's. I want to keep my routine yeah. the same. It's a. It's a strategy. Like you gotta. Absolutely. You gotta practice it. Exactly. Right? Yes, you're right. You, you can't go out on Lake Erie in five foot waves with with a four pound smallmouth. Yeah. And just know how to do that the best way. You know, you you have mm-hmm. to have some yeah. experience and figure out what the best way to manage that kind of fish is, and big largemouth, and you know all the different types of fish that you catch. Yeah, yeah, I small, think I'll, yeah, smallmouth and largemouth completely different how you have to land them and on with no net. And I feel like I've done it enough now. I've kind of figured it out, and I feel like it's that's part of the game. You know, you got to figure out all these different aspects of how to be productive and. And once you hook up to be able to get that fish in the boat, yeah. I, I like it. It kind of pisses me off personally because I fished, you know, the top 100, the top one. I learned how to do it with no nets. Mm-hmm. And then I spent years cultivating the net strategy, which is a strategy, mm-hmm. you know. And now they took the freaking net away from me out <laughs> on the opens. And I'm, They've got I'm, you spun out, bro. I'm spun gotta out, go back. man. I got to go back and relearn how to do it all again. The, the, the biggest adrenaline rush... That you can get as a professional fisherman is landing a five pound smallmouth on six pound line during an Elite Series event. Is it not? I right. agree 100%. That is insane. It's a blast. Yeah. That is it, the, the most exciting. I totally agree. Or, or the opposite. Or losing one, losing, or losing one. it, or breaking it off that, after a five minute fight. That's yeah. half the battle right there, Pete. You cannot talk about what would happen if you lose it. Just block so, that out. Yeah, that's, so, that's not going to happen. So, I see it in the line. So I'm high energy, not as much as Ike, but I'm a pretty hyper guy. And the problem I have, and I and I'm getting better at it, is when you set the hook on a fish, you got to get him tired before you just instantly yep. reach down and yeah. try to grab him. You lose so many of them reaching, you know, and they come out. And uh, and if I can ever quit doing that, I'll be <laughs> I'll be a lot better, you know. Yeah. You, you, well, you see them, and you want them in the boat, you know, yeah. so you, you tend yeah. to rush them. I'm always fascinated by your methods, which are just seem to be random. You <laughs> grab them by the eyeballs and a gill, sometimes by the tail. The tail. Poke his eye yeah. out. Grab him in the tail, flap <laughs> him over. that pain. Poke his eye out. I don't care if Pete is watching tonight. Poke his damn eye out. Uh, last one, and this one's to Britt. Um, 250 horsepower limit in tournaments. Good thing or bad thing? And, you know, and wait a minute, before you answer that, these are the two guys on tour 
by the way, that have the two fastest boats. Did you true? know that? I didn't know that. Everybody watching tonight, uh, even this guy videotaping, the two fastest boats on tour, Britt Myers and John Cruz, right here. I would Both. say on a three-year average. On a, uh, I'm, I'm a little off this year. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, it's still it's still pretty good. Yeah, yeah. you guys have fast boats. Back to the question. Brent, 250. Good I, enough. I think it's good simply because when a boat gets over 74 miles per hour, it's a different animal. I, I like to say shit happens in a hurry. Yeah. It happens in yeah. a hurry at over yeah. 74. <laughs> and, 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 you know, your adrenaline's pumping, things like that. You know, if we were just running long straightaways, yeah, yeah bump it up right. to 250, 300. But, but when a boat truly gets over 74 miles an hour, it's a it's a it's a dangerous deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can be uh, it can be tough. Yeah, yeah. I, what, what, I, the only the only I, th- and the other the other part of it is, uh, bass boat companies all of them make more money on twenty and twenty one foot boats than they do yeah. eighteen foot boats. Yeah. So it's better for the industry. Right. You think uh, that's that's the question I was going to pose? Isn't the one fifty going to restriction going to get more people into fishing by creating a smaller price point? Is that no? no it, mm. Just no. They, they're still, they're still, they're still, they can still no. buy those boats. No, Pete. that's true. No, but you can't, you can't be no. competitive, uh, you know, because not on the elite series. Well, but I mean, but, but on, even most guys have two fifties now. All of us have fished against dudes in BFLs with the old 150, 175, yeah. and a, yeah. the old Ranger 361, or old um, old Bass Cat, or whatever, and they they come out there and you know, like, who won? All oh, that dude over there. And he's just chilling back in his 150, and he caught, he beat everybody. Well, you make a, um, but they you make mean, a real good point because there's a couple aluminum boats in the Delaware River tournament tomorrow. Some local sticks there uh, is. to be uh, yeah. concerned with. Aluminum like John Cox down there in FLW. They may or may not be running up the upper Delaware. Is that true? They're going to run up above Trenton and get into the rocks. Is that I, true? I I cannot confirm or deny. <laughs> Might see a big a big we'll five feet going <laughs> <laughs> in an aluminum boat. <laughs> <laughs> bumping the whole way up. Uh, before we end this segment, uh, John, real quick, yeah. tease everybody. Tease them. Yeah, you've got uh, Missile Baits, tremendously successful. Your plastic line, I love it. It's awesome stuff. The jigs, obviously, are amazing. Yes. Tease them a little bit on something we're working on right now based off the success of the mini flip. Tease them just a little bit. Just give them enough yeah. to get them excited. I'll give them a little nugget. Okay. And, um, you know, what we did with the... With the mini flip was we 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 designed the hook, and we took the hook, and we we put the jig around it, and uh, a lot of it has to do with the function of it. And I mean, most people they just buy, pick up the jig, tie it on, and they go and they're like, "Damn, this thing don't get snung up, hung up." And yeah, I catch a lot of fish on it. Well, we we did the same kind of thing with the with the headbanger, which is ridiculous coming through offshore cover. Amazing. We're gonna take the that same mini flip concept. And adapt it to a regular size flipping jig, full size, traditional, big jig. like not, yeah, not oversized, but like a full big size jig, um, full size flip jig, and uh, where I'm working on, I'm still working with with uh, with VMC on the hook. Yeah. Uh, so I might have to visit with you this weekend on it. Sound, but sounds. Yeah. So we're, we build the hook. Yeah. Based on what we want the jig to do, and then we're going to build the hook and then build the jig around it. So we're, we're we're working on it. We're gonna try to try to have it out by uh, by next spring. Ooh, okay. We little, get we we get a name yet? Little tease. Uh, suggestions. Um, Should, we're open to suggestions. Yeah. We, we have like a few that, that we've yeah. kicked around, and quite frankly, 
we're not fond of any of them. Yeah. No, they're all not great. We want right. a great name. We want yeah. a great name. Anybody, just fire away. Yeah. The suggestion, Jake. Suggestion. Yeah. If you're watching tonight and you've got a potential name for a big mini flip, for a full-size mini flip, shoot yep. it on the IM. We want to hear from it. And don't sue us later if we use that name. Uh, Britt, th- these guys watching, they see the tournaments. They see all these guys pulling around, all these trucks you've done. The rod tubes, the lift, the wheels—they look—they look sick. It's like a damn truck show at the elites at the elite series. If they want some of that stuff from you, tell them how they can. How can they get a hold of you? How can they find it? All right, csmotorsports.com. But it's real easy. Go to bassmaster.com. If you don't see an elite series event, look at the schedule. If there's not an event going on, you can call me directly. I'm in the shop. I'm there. Yeah, I'm basically there. But, you know, we have other guys. A lot of guys, our store managers are fishermen. Yeah. Yep. So we, when the schedule comes out, he schedules his time off, and I schedule my time off. And we, you know, so um, we know trucks. And right now, I mean, it's it's just not the fishing industry. Lawyers, attorneys, doctors, everybody's in a truck 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 trend right now. Yeah. And, uh you know, if you got it, I have people call from all over the country. How do I, what, I want to do this to a truck. I want to be able to outfit it, certain kind of tackle, uh, rods. You know, we can customize it any way you want. And, uh, I mean, like, just to tell you, I mean, Britt, we're talking about trucks. We all have trucks. If you can name it to a car, custom car, old car, new car, uh, brand new car, the, he's got it. He's got a top of the line uh, wheel balancing system. I mean, stuff that they bring Porsches and Mercedes in there just to balance their tires on his equipment. I mean, he's got it all. They've done numerous Eleanor uh, replica Mustangs. I mean, just you name it, you think of it, it can be done. Don't get careful, Mike. <laughs> there was just a lady crawling on our floor. Lady. Lady. All right. Uh, <laughs> All right, so Brent, they can find you. CS Motorsports. They can find you online, find your number, call you. If there's not lead series, they call and say, "Hey, talk to Brent." Yeah, hey, it's crazy. I get people like, uh, "Is Brent working?" They're, they're talking to me. And like, is Brent ever come there, or, or is Brent? <laughs> this is Brent. Yeah, yeah, this is this me, is Brent. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I get I get that all the time. Uh, maybe hey, uh, real quick before before we let's let's just draw this out a little bit longer. Tell everybody the story about when you got called to jury duty. I want I want you to tell it. <laughs> I want to hear this. This is great. All right, so yeah, you know, in my town, I know everybody. You know, uh, I've been there for 23 years now, and uh, we worked on every car imaginable. You can't imagine the stories I've got. But so, you know, I was summoned for jury duty, and I didn't want to go, and I tried every excuse, and I couldn't get out of it. So I I, I go in there, and uh, I can't believe John remembered this story. <laughs> so. I love it. And, you know, they, it was somebody was shooting into an occupied area, basically a drive-by. And uh, so they go through on a jury selection, and they're asking, juror number one, do you want a gun? Blah, blah, blah. Does this influence you in any way your decision? They go through for like two hours, ask all these questions. So finally the guy comes through, and he's in shackles. You know, he's can't hardly move, and he looks over at me and says, What's up, Britt? <laughs> <laughs> and so it was like, oh my immediate. God. Yeah. So I was kind of embarrassed. Oh God. Yeah. 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 You were embarrassed, but you're like, thank God. Yeah. I yeah. spent a week of my life. In exactly. This story, so then yeah. you got immediately yeah. kicked off the jury, right? Yeah. That's funny. Wow. <laughs> that's awesome. So advice to everybody out there own your own business and work with everybody in the community, and you'll get out of jury duty. That's right. That's uh, right. Let me remind you Ike Live, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break, Bride. Does that sound right? And when we come back, 
More superstars oh of the sport join us here at oh Ike Live. They're everywhere. They're lurking They're like sharks everywhere. out stars there. Stars are everywhere. I see some out there. Stars looking at me. John Cruz and Britt Myers, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you, guys. <laughs> I would leave my headphones on just to hear it. <laughs> Did you see this yet? Britt, you saw Mira el bañador, la chancla, todo despeinado porque no me dio tiempo de nada ponerme la chancla y el bañador. Voy a la playa y había subido la marea.